0: Qué ondas, primos y primas? My name is Freddie, and welcome to my Primos podcast. This week, we're taking a little detour from what we usually do on a weekly basis, and we're going to do a spotlight on a Latino creator. Latino Heritage Month is where we focus on everything that Latinos are making better in the world. And one of these creators is Gonzalo Alvarez. He is a creator of the legend of Pollo Man, a folklore uh, hero, you know, comic book hero that he's creating that touches on all the traditions and uh, mysticism of, of Mexicano culture, Mesoamerican culture, uh, th- this cat hustles, he works hard. This is what he does 24-7 to bring forth one of the best depictions of those traditions that I've seen. So I definitely want you guys to listen to this episode, this interview. He gets real raw. He talks about his struggles as a creator, growing up in an environment that doesn't really nurture you know, artistic uh, people. But really coming out of it and wanting to do something not for himself, but for our whole culture. So really check out the interview here. I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as we had doing it with Gonzalo. I want to thank Gonzalo again for, you know, being uh, available, accessible, you know. So you guys need to follow Gonzalo and his work. Visit his website, legendofpoyoman.com. Also, he is on Patreon, which is where you can support his work. And we'll mention it throughout the show. It's patreon.com slash gonzink. That's G-O-N-Z-Z-I-N-K. Where you can support Gonzalo and his work. You know, everything we support him with, every dollar we help him with, even if it's $1 a month, help him get this project off the ground and becoming more and more flourishing than what it already is. So uh, we'll talk about it here at the end of the show as well. But just listen to the episode. He's very, very open, honest, and raw, and I hope you guys enjoy the episode. Hey, I've been following you and your work, and I really dig what you're doing, man, especially for like just the Mexican culture and how you're presenting it to mainstream. And like my son, he's half Mexican and half Salvadoreño. But when he saw like Pollo, man, and started reading through it. He's like, wow, this is cool. Like, I like the art and because um, awesome. he watches like you know steven universe and you know star yeah. and and he's really into it and he's always asking about that and i go oh well, well this is part of your culture you know and como Maqui, como el primo me dice right here, like i never taught my son about la yorona or el cucuy and all that that's not my thing you know but like we have our cultures that we i don't know what it is man i mean i guess so before we dive into the interview or whatever, just wanted to kind of give you your props for doing that. Because yeah, no, cause our, our audience is a big mix. You know, we got like business professionals to creatives. And so it kind of scatters around and we try to just cater to because the reason we, we started this whole project <coughs> was to kind of put ourselves out the representation. Right. And that's the big focus. So representation, yeah. kind of what you're doing. And, you know, I knew Hector from you know, El Peso Hero. I worked yeah. with him years ago, and we stayed oh, in wow. touch. And so when he kind of broke off and really hit it with that peso hero, we stayed in touch about hey representation, 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 and that's why we're here. We're doing this. So
1: that's awesome, man. I'm, and thank you guys for letting me be on here. I'm, I'm excited.
0: I'm glad. I'm glad you you're able to make time. I know every time you're running around, and <laughs> this is like the the Texas trio right here, man. You're in San Antonio, right?
1: No, I'm actually in Puerto Arturo, Port Arthur, Texas. Oh, okay. Yeah. For, for further that, south. Yeah, Beaumont area, south of Houston. It's, it's Ooh. the swamp.
2: <laughs> so that's where you—that's where you live, or what? No, not. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. That's that's where I'm from. That's oh, where I. Th- I thought so. Are do you reside in San Antonio or? or nope. I, no, I was just up in Dallas and Austin for the events. I literally just make that five-hour drive.
2: Damn! Man. they should. They should. They should definitely put a fucking hyperloop, and <laughs> yes, all the way they... from, Biel- from Beaumont or Belmont all the way to fucking Amarillo. D- yeah,
0: because I'm, I'm in Dallas. Walter's in Austin, and you're way down south.
1: Yeah, everyone's up there, and I'm I'm stuck down here.
0: But I mean, did you grow up in Texas? I mean, what? Yeah. do does where your story start?
1: So. So, basically, I was born in New York, actually. I was born in New York, but I was only there for the first year of my life. And then my parents got into financial troubles, so they went down to Port Arthur, uh, where the refineries are at. We have the biggest uh, Motiva, I believe, refinery in the United States. Owned so. by Saudi Arabia. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Is that the one?
2: Yep, yeah. I heard about so,
1: basically, if, if you want money, you go work at the refineries here. You'll make some money, but if that's not what you want to do then it kind of sucks to live here so <laughs> i've been living here since i was one in the same neighborhood so 24 years
2: wow man wow. yeah so was your i mean just kind of uh, was your neighborhood affected by the whole when hard yeah. happened and, yeah. and the chemical that discharged cuz you know all the all the chemicals that they hold in those um Refineries and the process for fracking. Yeah, our pollution, our
1: bad, um, our our air. Uh, it's pretty gross. A lot of my allergies and a lot of people's allergies get affected, and uh, yeah, I just I, it's not a good place to live unless you just, like I said, just want to make some money.
2: Because um, I I did I forget what it was some new you know, news I heard about how like you just mentioned there's a lot of you know, p- kids affected by asthma and all types of stuff. Yeah. Um, I mean, would that ever make it into your content? You know, would that ever make it in there? Into my content,
1: interesting. Because, because
2: one, the the reason I ask is because you know that the people, the majority of the people that are affected, there are people of color, right, that live yeah. around those areas, and yeah.
1: right, that's why I'm asking. Wow. Yeah, the majority of us is you know minorities here. Um, yeah. So Borders, my video game Borders that I made, actually, whenever you pass the game, whenever you cross the border, you actually see a refinery. Uh, yeah, you, yeah. So that's a nice. <laughs> that's nice. That, was, that was kind of an homage to, you yeah, know. Yeah, that's really good. My you know, parents. Like,
0: Gonzalo, like, uh, in talking on, on Borders, like, that was when you kind of, like, blew up, right? Like, you kind of came out. Yeah. I mean, if uh, Walter's not familiar, you know, I'm, I kind of did a little bit of background. Yeah, and, no, but
2: wait, wait, wait. This is the thing, too, that when... He, I remember we met you at the Dallas Latino Comic Con, uh-huh. and oh, Boy Man, and it's a uh, cool and everything, and then and then Stanley Freddie told me like, hey, like this is the guy that did that game, and I'm like making a game of, of people crossing the border and it made national news and i was like oh shit so this is the guy you know it's like damn cool <laughs> yeah man i mean
0: i i try to follow creatives especially i love video games and i love creative in general and i really dig what you were doing like to to take something and to give you credit for it and probably you already heard people but it never hurts to hear it again uh that you did good work where you made something that can be even like touching on comic books or books in general Something that's usually considered a toy, but really turned it on its head, to an adult matter. You know what I mean?
1: Yes, that's I, that's exactly what I wanted to do. Like, uh, and what year was this? This was twenty seven. This was last year. Yeah. Everything happened last year. Um, basically, I, I mean, to keep the story short, basically I wanted to make a game, and I didn't know how to make games. And so, but I had an idea of making a game where you cross the border, because I had played a game called Papers Please, and it's a game where you play as a border patrol agent. Yeah. And oh. I thought it was really interesting. So I was like, "What if you played a game where I you?" I wonder cross- who came up with that game. Who, who came up with that? It's game. popular, <laughs> man. That was, yeah, that yeah. one was Lucas Pope. He he's a cool guy. Um, but basically, I um, I basically I wanted to make this game. And I wanted to show the people of my school because I, come, I, w- I was going to a traditional art school. They didn't teach you how to make games. They didn't teach you how to make comics. It was actually looked down upon because it was not the um, real arts, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: the traditional arts and the right. masters and all that.
1: Right, which I respect, you know, traditional. I'm glad I had a traditional background because I feel like it really helped me evolve my style. But um, anyway, I wanted to prove that, one, games are art. And two, I wanted to show the community because the area that I live in also has a lot of racist and, and uh, I guess, ignorance. And so I wanted to make something that was so easy to play that even, like, old racist granny next door could play it. Like, that's... <laughs> so, so basically, yeah, I, just, I made it a super simple, retro... You know, all you do is literally push up, down, left, or right, and I tried to basically... Through gameplay, teach someone something. Like I didn't even try to be like, this game is about this and that, and I want you to feel bad. It was just like, play this game where you're trying to cross the border, and it's fun. But then they start getting the idea, of like, oh shit, this is hard, and like, this is based on something real, and so it's just yeah. a subconscious way of it's like great getting Because to
0: What I respect about borders, the game, and to kind of not dwell on it, because you know we're more than that. But why I like it is that. You didn't underestimate the audience. You put things in there for the gamer, for the Latino to go, oh, shit, hey, this is happening. You know, there's violence, there's sexual assault, yeah. there's all these things. And they're so hidden in the game to where they're, they're cute little like tip of the hat, you know, homage to people that have crossed. And you kind of look at it and go, you look back and you made it. You see the refineries, you made it and you're like, oh, shit, I, my, my gift is to come work. It's sad, yeah. but yet happy, and you're like, you see the the tragedy in that. And so in a game, to be able to really paint that picture for somebody, it's impressive, man. So definitely, and, definitely, really good work.
1: That, that game changed my life, literally. Like, uh, I, it was on a whim that I wanted to make it, and we made it, it, it. We made it actually in 2016, but when it blew up was in 2017, I always had this idea of, like, it would be so cool if I put it in a physical space for people to come play it, and then the bodies build up in just that one computer. Mm -hmm. So I asked my dean of my school, I was like, hey, can I get like a little scholarship to help build this cabinet? And so she gave me the money, I made the cabinet, I put it on Instagram, and then Washington Post contacted me, Huffington, and it just rolled. In one week, I just, everything changed. (laughs)
0: Man, that's awesome I mean that's and, and I mean j- just
2: to add just to add to that or what, what I appreciate what I appreciate about that is that it matters who's who's doing it and who's telling it so I appreciate that it's a person of color you know a brown person t- doing that because if if, if, if an, a white person pretty much does it it's like like is
0: it, appropriation? You're doing it
2: yourself and, yeah no n- not only that but might as well, you know, you're doing it and you're giving us the chance to tell our story, right? Because you, in a in a very, you know, literal way, represent us, you know, because of just, you know, who you are, right? Your background, culture, and all that. So, right. you are grabbing that before somebody else grabs it and tells the story in a different way right. and and probably even benefits from it monetarily. So, in this case, you are taking it, telling the story, and who better to benefit from it than Somebody from the community. It's like I don't know if you ever heard. If you ever heard of um, a while back, I also heard that some company that you know produces porn got in trouble because they were producing porn of, of women crossing the border and border patrol agents. Oh yeah, they were doing that, and was, so then it was very. That was people are very critical of that because it just glorifies it. It dehumanizes people and people. You know, a company's making profit out of it, you know, in a certain way. So that's also important that you went ahead and you didn't wait for some white person or a company to come and tell the story. And you did it yourself. So, yeah. You
0: know, yeah, I think it's I great. I appreciate man. that. No, because I, uh, I think that it's going to move on from from borders. But in you can still. Actually, and porn. And porn. <laughs> uh, porn. You know, that's a, that's a DLC, everybody. Yeah. Coming soon. Uh, but you can actually still play this game. I think that borders the game, right? Dot com. Is that what it was?
1: Yeah. yeah so borders yeah, borders dot com. Game.com. It's free to download. So anyone can download it.
0: Yeah. Go check it out yourself. And really, I'm telling you, as, you know, me and Walter discovered as is it was a term What did we're not first generation. We're technically second generation. We're
2: second generation, man. A second because generation. You, you uh, to...
0: Yeah. You can appreciate what our parents had to go through in a sense. And especially if you're someone that can enjoy video games as an art form not just the game itself and see it beyond, you'll really appreciate it. So definitely, definitely check it out and just support Gonzalo and his work on that. But more than that, Gonzalo, like you grew up in Texas pretty much and you stayed yeah. in the same neighborhood. And I mean, I, I would consider myself and Walter Otay my, is my primo right there. I begrudgingly would call myself a creator because I tend to go, hey, I do this for a living, but I also write on the side, you know? Yeah. You growing up, was that the plan to just always create?
1: Man, I, I to be honest, like, I didn't know what I was going to do, honestly, with my life when I was growing up. Like, I wanted to be a scientist. I wanted to be this. I always could draw, and I liked it, but I didn't I didn't have, like, my parents, like, buying me, you know, art supplies and, and art books. So it was like I was never, you know, thinking, oh, this would be my career, but... In high school I did start taking it more seriously and so I started training and then college was really where like I just kind of set that goal like I want to be a creative and you know I want this to be my my lifetime work. Wow.
2: And th- that's and that's very that's a good question because just to add on to that cuz I'm also I I'm a, I'm always looking at it from a cultural and you know economic social background cuz all that matters and mm-hmm. because that type of talent is not valued within our community para nada para nada para nada mm-hmm. Edding, my brother he ended he went to school for you know design and that type of stuff on on the art you know within the art department and you know your your my dad at least did not find so so i ended up studying engineering so oh you're going to be an engineer good the other, oh no, that. So what the fuck are you gonna do with that? Like, you know, there's yeah. no value placed on it for. Yeah. You know. So then I, I understand how difficult it might have been to one even come to do it, and then to finally make the decision, and probably not even have the your, your parents uh, como, mm-hmm.
0: How was it with your parents? I mean, were they like on board?
1: Were they? They, they were always like, oh, you know, that's nice and stuff. That's cute, you doctor. <laughs> Or you should be a lawyer. You would be a great lawyer. Um, oh you mucho, mucho, mucho peleas, <laughs> no te quedas callado. Eh? She was just yeah, like now she's like, why don't you become a politician? Because I do all these panels and stuff. Uh-huh. See, <laughs> sí, siempre they were just they they didn't really support it. They didn't like like for example, I have a friend that I went to art school with, she's white, and her mom, since she was in sixth grade, had her, you know, Copic markers, oh. uh, you know all Precise. of those. Oh, I know those. Like, I know. those are beautiful. Those <laughs> animation videos, like, here's yeah. everything. You are gonna be this, and you're gonna be amazing. And I'm just like Crayola. I, I didn't touch my Crayola, right? They like, and the fake ones from 99-cent store that don't even color. It's mostly <laughs> wax, right? From the, from the little Chinese store down the street. There you yeah, go. exactly. There you go. Where I got all my fake Yu-Gi-Oh cards, too. Ooh, the yeah. stickers.
0: that were, like... I had Exodia, but they were kind of like a sticker. Yeah, that's how I, I had.
1: <laughs> but, um... So, basically, yeah, it... It was hard. Like, like I'm glad that I pulled through because I wanted to... My goal is, basically, to be an example for the community that, like... It doesn't even matter if you're at the bottom of the barrel. Like, you could still do it. It's just... It's gonna take... Maybe three times as much work. Yeah. I
0: bet, man. I mean, and I, I kind of mentioned that because, you know, I'm much older. I'm about, you say, how old are you?
1: I'm 24 years old.
0: I'm 24 years old. 20. I'm 10 years older than you. And you look at that decade in separation. Now, my son, that's eight years old, he came home one day and told me, hey, dad, guess what? And I go, what? I made my own comic book company. And I go, yeah. He goes, what's the name wow. of your comic book company? Oh, it's called Darkwater Comics. And I go, oh, that's cool. He goes,
2: Aguachuca, yeah. Aguachuca, turn translate, Aguachuca. And, <laughs> and he's like, he's that's drawing,
0: awesome. and, and I'm all like, I'm like, hey, cool, let's make it happen. What can I do for you? Here's your pencils, here's your colors, here's everything, that's, you know? Mm-hmm. And, but it's kind of like when me and Walter say, if my son wants to be a juggler, fine, let's go figure out how we're gonna make that happen, you know? But our parents, kind of aforementioned, have to come here, struggle, and they're more looking out for you. Because, hey, yeah. Gonzalo, I don't want you to have to struggle like I had to struggle. It's a cool hobby, but it's not really going to feed you, you know?
2: Right, and right. I think
0: that now we're at a point where things have changed. Like you said, you want to be an example for the youth coming after you that can see, hey, you know what? We can be in that space, too, because we mentioned with uh, Hector, the yeah. hero, you know, we always talk about how he mentioned that. The big guys out there in the creative world, be it comics, be it TV, be it whatever, they're looking for the next big thing to appropriate and use. They see where there's a focus, a light shining on it, you know? Yeah. And why not you be on the ground floor? Everyone's setting it up. And, and make for- money off of it. Yeah, like, make know, a living.
2: Let's, let's, let's not let's – because not, um, the one thing that, I, that, that we tend to do is we, we put art on a pedestal like, where it has to be self-sacrificing and, uh, like, this holier, like, I don't know, like, no sé cómo explicarlo, pero como que... You have like, to suffer like, for your art. Yeah, you have to, like... Yeah. Uh, no, 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 ¿cómo se dice? Hay otra palabra. Like, it has to be um, selfless, right? It has to be selfless, and it's like, fuck no, like, if make money off of it, you know, like, yeah, yeah do it, don't be shy about that, like, people live off of that, like... Don't, don't sell yourself short, you know, pretty
0: much. Like. So, Gonzalo, so, you know, we met at Dallas Latino Comic Con. You're all over the place. You were in California for, what was it, uh, Worldcon? Yeah, Worldcon 76. Worldcon yeah. 76. You were in Austin for Mexico Comic Con recently? Yeah,
1: Mesamerican. Yeah. What's the next one? Um, Right now, I don't have any, actually. um, The next one is next year in March. For I'm going to be in California for the Latinos Expo. Oh, cool! Uh, cool. Javier, but uh, other than that, I don't have any any cons planned at the moment. Right now, I'm focusing on knocking out the next chapter.
0: So let's talk about Poyo Man. So yes, Poyo Man is your your your. I'm gonna say current, just current. Like your heart current, is on those pages, your man. baby, your baby. Yes, it's it, it's, it's, it's your...
1: literally it's a it's a ten year project. So let's I talk haven't...
0: about Poyo Man. What was its inception for uh, you? Uh, was it all... Just kind of give us that, that love. So just tell us what Pollo Man is yeah. and kind of start from there.
1: Okay. Well, basically, I I got into this comic book group with my teacher, and he was like, all right, guys, let's make a comic. And I, this was my first time making a comic. It was... Uh, I'd never read a comic before in my life. I didn't have them accessible. Um, and then in in 2015... I think I, we did our first little comic, and our theme was video games. And I was like, what if I made a Mexican video game type comic? Because I had never seen one other than at the time I was playing this game called Guacamele.
0: I love Guacamele. Uh, oh, I love yes. that game. So uh, good. The second one's out. I can't wait to yeah, play it. Yeah, it's out. I haven't bought it yet. I can't wait for it. So good. Yes.
1: But basically... That game inspired me so much. It was the first time that I saw myself and my culture in this sort of, you know, in a game. You know, it was like for me, it was the first time. And so I was like, okay, we have this luchador uh, sort of game, but where's the Mexican fantasy? You know, there's Tolkien, there's Lord of the Rings, there's, you know, all these Mex- all these medieval fantasy and Japanese fantasy,
0: Greek and Roman and all Greek that.
1: Roman. Everything. Where the hell is the Mexican ones, you know?
0: Yeah. And
1: so basically I just came up with this little comic. It was like eight pages, and it was like this guy in a chicken costume uh, killing El Cucuy and El Chupacabras, and it was kind of like Mega Man where he was just like going through these different levels and stuff. It, it didn't really have a big story behind it. It was just all the stuff that I liked about video games and stuff. And from there, I was like, I think I'm onto something that I'm liking. Like, this This was when I first was like, I like what I'm doing, but I suck at what I'm doing. Hmm. So I spent about a year or two rewriting it, learning how to draw and get better at drawing, and then I tackled it again for my senior thesis and knocked out the prologue to the chapter that I have. Yeah. And so, yeah, I guess that's where it came from. And really, it's just... I want to create the first Mexican fantasy universe. Like, Tolkien, you know, has... Middle Earth and all that. Lord of the Rings, all of that. But I want to create the first Mexican fantasy universe with its own geography, its own locations, its own characters, creatures, magic system. And I just want people to become a part of it. But the way I'm doing it is, is through what I've learned through as a game developer, is learning through play. So through p- gameplay, you learn things. And so I'm creating a world where everything is based off real mythology. So I know all the names of every single fucking Pokemon. Yeah. But does it matter because they're not you know, – I'm not really learning anything real.
0: Yeah.
1: But yeah. with this world, th- these you know, kids are going to learn alebrijes. They're going to learn the magic spells, which are – and now what? They're going to learn all these things, and it's going to be something real. And Pokemon it's going to be magic. fun yeah. – but it's going to be real.
0: That's fucking I, I, dope, like, I like
2: I like that part of it. I like that part of it because, for, for example, um, the, when was it? I was, actually, last week, because um, we were going to interview you right on Saturday. Yeah. yeah. So I, had to bail. I, I was out, uh, you know, went out to get some food and had some drinks, and, and I left early, and they asked me, oh, what are you doing? Oh, I'm going to interview this guy and started telling them, you know, a little bit of who you were. And I showed because I got the, the comic on, on I oh, bought it online. Let's talk about
0: well, he launched, So was that logo like you launched on yeah. Webtoons, right?
1: Yeah, I yes. just recently launched on Webtoons.
0: So you can just go and, look up on Webtoons yes. and you can look up Pollo Man. So you can read the first, was it 14 pages?
1: Yeah, first 14 pages. And you can also and just...
0: Uh, Friday it'll update one page. One page? Okay, perfect. We'll put the post on our, on our Facebook page as well. And of course, we'll put everything out there through Instagram. You know, we can follow you there as well, and we'll we'll make sure of it. Trust me, we're all about getting you out there. But yeah, check out his work. If you know, I physically bought the 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 copies myself when I went to uh, Dallas. Yeah, I fucked
1: up. I didn't. Go ahead, (laughs) watch. Continue.
0: (laughs) Continue your story, man. I don't want to forget. Oh no, yeah. So
2: so I told you know this group of people, and 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 as soon as they saw like, the vivid color in your illustration, they fucking fell in love with it. I was like, what the, like, fuck, this looks beautiful. What is this? What is that? And then one of them, like, instantly told me, like, oh, this is this is Tlatoli or Tlatoyi, the breath, you know? The one? Yeah. They, they, they immediately, like, I was like, what do you mean? Like, oh, this is this and that. And it's like, oh, this is what it's called. And then now what? And, and I remember, like, after the Latino comic because I have, um, years ago, I bought the Popol Vuh, which is like the yeah. origin story, right? Origin story for the for the Mayans. Yes, um, I I kind of got into it and started reading a little bit more. And then recently, I actually started like learning like Takta, seume now like the Nahuatl numbers and how it's a, wow. it's, it's a twenty base system and yeah. simple being right because you you count with your you know fingers and toes, right? Right, right. So I started looking into that and all the. So then we went to the Comic-Con, and then you were, you know, and I just started doing research on it and just kind of, you know, finding stuff out, and it's remarkable how, like, Nahuatl itself goes all the way from, right, when the Aztecs and then all the way to Central America. Nahuatl yeah. is spoken and different, like, everything else has a different accent or, you know, it's pronounced different. Like, the Nahua in, Me- in, in Mexico is a little bit different from the Nahua in El Salvador from the Pipil where we're right. from. So, but it's all one It's the same, you know, root. I right.
1: guess. Right, right.
2: I so I just wanted to commend you on that, and and also maybe you know throughout the conversation, if you could kind of enlighten us, how the hell did you came to that and end up researching? Because that's that's a beast to research. you know? Yeah. That's a beast of of, of a, in terms of research to to try and accurately represent something in a story, but then at the same time, like you said, you're actually teaching people something legitimate about their own damn culture, you know? Like. Yeah? <laughs> much.
1: No, yeah. Um. Well, so I'll start with, like, my main inspiration, I would say it's, like, Inuyasha. Oh. So Inuyasha is an anime okay. Yeah. Based in feudal Japan, feudal era Japan, and the monsters he fights are yokai, which are Japanese monsters. There's different types of yokai. And so... Through the show, I was learning the oni, the uh, kappa, you know, all the different yokais. Yeah. And so I'm basically literally just trying to do that, but with Mexican culture. I love it. Uh, and so, so the story slowly m- progressed from – it started as a sort of a – kind of like a mestizo world. So it was more Mexican. It was kind of more Day of the Dead when I first started it. Mm-hmm. But slowly, slowly, as I started researching more of the Nahuatl culture, it slowly became more rooted in the Mesoamerican culture. Yeah, because you have
2: Día de los Muertos coming from the Purépecha, from Michoacán, originally, right? And then it yeah. kind of because you know because it's important for people to know this. Like the the Día de los Muertos was sort of like a, a literally a compromise between the Catholic Church yeah. and the Native people, so that they can continue doing in like, hey, we'll let them do this. 'Cause otherwise the native people will revolt or do something, you know? <laughs> kind of like the coexistence, like the forced acceptance of, of a culture and you know. So that's wow. actually very important. Like just wanted to throw it in there, like how, how important that is.
1: Yeah, and, and and I want people to know that there's more to Mexico than just yes. that and and charros and, and you know, tacos and stuff. Yeah. There's the, the Mesoamerican roots and so I guess to begin, basically, it started off with about this boy who went into the Mitlan and he was going to have to kill El Diablo, La Lechuza, El Cucuy, La Llorona, El Ratón de los Dientes, and El Chupacabras, because there was these, like, the six main legends that I kind of grew up with. Yeah. Um, And so, over time, as I started researching more, I started learning more about the Mesoamerican culture and the Mesoamerican roots, because first the world was going to be called Mexico. It was just going to be this fantasy world, right? But then I went to Mexico last year for a research trip. I told my – this was after the borders thing happened, so I I went back to my dean, and I was like, hey, (laughs) you know, since I kind of you know did something good and became famous and helped (laughs) um, Can this proposal work too? And so I I was able to get some funding and fly to Mexico, and I went to the – Uh, Museo de Antropología, I went to Templo Mayor, I went to Yucatán, to um, Mayapán, to Chichen Itza.
2: Los Los Mexica.
1: Yeah. I went to everything, and it was just Teotihuacan. Oh, my God, that was amazing. And I went to all these places. I took as many reference photos as I could. I took my camera. I took as many pictures as I could. And I got back home, and I literally just spent, I would say I spent... 99% 99% of my time just researching Nawa culture, I started researching the mythologies, the mitlán, and then once I found out about the mitlán I was like that's perfect, why the hell would I make... What it is, is, what it is, is the mitlán if you could enlighten us on that? Yeah, so el mitlán is the underworld where your soul goes after you die and your soul is supposed to go through eight challenges to be able to reach mitlantecutli, oh. the lord of the underworld. So the first challenge or the first level that's written about in the mythology is a river of dogs, and the ro- dogs can smell if you're, you were in... This is the, the,
2: the cholo dogs from um, Coco, right? Like, yeah,
1: yeah, squintly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so basically these dogs help you go through this river. The second level is two mountains that smash together that you have to get through. The third level is an entire mountainous area made of obsidian knives. So um, you can already um, see how it sounds like a video game. It, does. <laughs> it, yeah. it, it sounds like a fantasy world. And so I was like, these eight levels are perfect. And so basically I use those that the underworld of the Miklan so my world is set in the Miklan. So now it's my world is like what if what would have happened if the gods died and the underworld except Milan and yeah. the underworld, you know, progressed and the civilization ended up in the underworld. And you have all these undead people. How will they survive in the world of the obsidian knives? Or how will they, you know, make an economy out of the world of the dogs? So it's just trying to take these real concepts and connect them.
0: You've taken on a really big endeavor. You know, like you said, you're building a... Uh, be honest with yourself. Shit, man, you took on a lot. Because, But, you know, like, uh, to kind of pull back the curtain, you're like we work on creative things know, me and Walter work on our projects too. And we kind of start, when you start going down that rabbit hole, you start looking back and going, damn, I've, do I really want to keep going? Yeah. You know, you kind of look at it and go like, there's a lot here because you want to give justice to your work. this passion. Right. But then yeah. you also look at, like you said earlier, you have a mission statement. You, you want to really put yourself out there to where you're an example for a whole line of kids or people, or even like us, you know, like, damn, you know what? Like, that idea is dope. We can do that too, you know. Does that pressure like make you? How do you it, feel? I mean,
1: and it's 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 both a blessing and a curse. It's like I'm too far. In, I'm too far in. There's no going back. <laughs> and so every single day I'm researching. Every single day I'm learning something new about la, the the our soul, um, new monsters that I can use for the underworld. Yeah. Uh, writing the eight book story. It's an eight book story. 48 chapters. It's going to take me about eight years to complete it. And so wow. just trying to create something, my biggest fear is not making it perfect, right? That's everyone's biggest yeah. fear. Yeah. Uh, but thankfully, you know, I look back even six months from now, and it's so much further along. So I just think, like, if it took if the six months, you know, it took six months and it's this much better... I can't imagine how much better it's going to be in 6 months or how further I'm going to be in 6 months. So it's like I guess since I've seen the progression, it's like I know it's going to keep getting better.
0: That's
1: good so then.
2: Like question regarding like you were saying cuz you're pretty much cuz like me and Stanley we've been like like brainstorming like this character like stuff, you know, stuff on the side that we're working on and I started doing my own research that's why I kind of know a little bit about, like, what I'm talking to you right now in terms of our history. And, and, and like, in El Salvador, you have the pipil, the lenca, the mexica, the, the chica, no sé qué. And uh-huh. they're all like this nahual, and and you go down a rabbit hole where it's like you start <laughs> learning about yourself. And it's like, what the hell? Like, goddamn it. Like, some people are fucked up, right? You know, like, all these matanzas and, and all the, the chicken pox. And the that's just the like the story that's told here is like you know thanksgiving and then the chicken pox on the on the con chicken pox no there's like shit is way more cruel yeah than that right and again it's not to glorify the Aztec or the mayan culture in terms of like you know, cuz they had their own flaws you know like they did right. some, i'm sure they they you know they were empires at the end of the day right that that's right. on the on the on the little people right but my question is like: Have you reached out or, or like experts in the language or the culture? Like you know how. So so
1: my so the guy who helped me make borders, Genaro by Reyes, mm-hmm. he um, he's the person who I go to for a lot of this stuff because he he's been researching it for a lot longer than I have, mm-hmm. um, and so he was kind of the first person that I kind of reached out to a lot, and he kind of helps me kind of co you know kind of co-build the world like i'll be like hey how do you think does this make sense does this you know sound good um, i wanted to but, ask
0: you about about that you know we, uh, earlier kind of alluding to it what kind of support do you have around you with this because yes. it's a lot to take on you know is this information because wikipedia wikipedia, way,
2: wikipedia you can't just cite wikipedia the whole way right? like, yeah, I there, isn't, like, like, there isn't a really, like, there
0: isn't a, a section for that for the things that you yeah. research like what kind of support, what kind of team do you have around you? I mean, you mentioned hinato I think I met hinato at uh, yeah. Latino Comic Con. Yeah, we're
1: showing off his card game. Yeah,
0: we playing mm-hmm. his card game together, which, yeah, I loved it. Really cool idea. I definitely Making wanna... the art for it right now. Yeah, no, no, I told him. I, said, I hit him up on Instagram. I said, hey, man, I want to talk to you about your game some more. So I definitely want to get him on eventually, talk awesome. about the game. But what kind of support do you have around you? What kind of team do
1: you have? Yeah, so, so before I answer that question, I want to bring up, The hardest part about doing this research is the fact that it's so badly documented online, and there's hardly any resources. Like, I can look up anything about medieval, Greek, Roman, and I'll find it easily. But I want to find, you know, the hieroglyph for tortilla. I had to literally, like, find some weird-ass website and, like, somebody who posted it on Pinterest at some point, and I found it. Like, I have to... Like, I found just recently some guy on Facebook who, like, did hieroglyphs or a lot of different things that, like, aren't some of the main ones. And I was, like, I I literally copied and pasted all of those to archive them because finding those things are the hardest thing. You
0: know,
2: and just to kind of add to that, you know, to kind of, like, so can people can understand, it's, like, like, I was doing the same thing, and it's like, you don't find anything because your, your research that you're doing, and this is the important part about it, that the research that you're doing, you're doing it from a perspective of a Latino in the United States. So you have to go through two layers. You have yeah. to go through the Latino, Ameri- de, de una perspectiva latina aquí en Estados Unidos, y después encont- So the best resources that I found, you know, doing research within my own culture in El Salvador was going directly to just... Now, when I do re- any type of research, I just literally ask the question to Google in Spanish because yeah. if you try to do it from uh, from you know an American perspective, you're not going to find much at all. You know?
1: Yeah, I've started I've started doing things in Spanish, and then started using Mexica instead of Aztec. Um, it, it pops up more, right? More, more, more. Yeah. So, so yeah, it that that's the hardest thing. Yeah. Um, but now for the support system. So, my fiance, I would say, is my greatest support system because she's literally the reason I was able to make chapter one. Because she's been working her internship, paying the bills, while I'm working full time, making Poyo Man and doing everything. But, Genaro, he helps me a lot with, like, uh, you know, chatting about, like, the lore, the story, you know, does the world my magic. Building. The world building. Yeah, because there's just so many things, you know. Um,. And then I have an editor now, um, this guy named John Atkins, who's really cool. Um, he's been editing my scripts, so he's um, he helps out tremendously. Without him, uh, the story would sound like shit. Um, <laughs> he's, he's really blunt, and he's really like, this doesn't make sense, or this or that. Very so, humble of
2: you. <laughs> yeah,
1: he's, I, he's a huge asset. Like, without him, boy, Man wouldn't be as good as it is, so... I would say those are my main support systems, but to but pretty much it's just me just kind of writing the story, doing all the artwork, doing all the promotions, doing all... It's it's like wearing 50 hats.
0: Oh, man, I bet, man. Like I, I, When you talk about the I know research... What to get really,
1: you, I know what to get you for your
2: birthday, like a rack, a hat rack. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right? Although different hats he wears. But to commend yeah. you on it, you know, is when you talk about the research, and me and Walter have done some of it, but it's like, it almost it kind of pissed me off in a way when I started doing the research because I'm like, fuck, man. Like, why does this contradict this? This doesn't make any sense. Like you said, I have, I can literally throw a fucking rock in a crowd and six people can tell me who Zeus was. But if I go ahead and do it the other way around, la si three, three people might know what that is, you know, and you're right. like, it, it kind of, and I understand where the passion comes in. Like you said, like, hey, you know what? I'm in this. I have a reason. And a little piece of it, it makes me feel like, fifteen years from now they're gonna go like hey Gonzalo Alvarez is the reason why we understand what this is. You know Walter oh, yeah. is the reason why we understand what this no, is. No pero for
2: you know? example like yeah like just to go on at that same line it's like um for ejemplo people will recognize it's popote is popotl. It comes from Nahual Popotl maiz, you know el maíz you know it's like all these words mm-hmm. that we use here like in Spanish are part from, there's an origin. There's not, there's, it's not, oh, it's Latin. It's not Greek. You know, it's like an actual, right. not wild origin. All these, all these common words that we actually use in Spanish that our grandma throws our way, you know, yeah. like all these, you know, words that have those strong, noticeable vowels, you know? Let right. me ask you
0: this, Gonzalo. You, you write the story of Pollo, man, and I do want to touch on it because I want to touch on a couple of specific things in, yeah. in the chapter. But one one thing, and to kind of get out the semantics of it and just um, the language. So when we talked to Hector, he said the biggest hurdle he had with a lot of big publishers was saying that El peso hero talks in Spanish a hundred percent. And one of the biggest hurdles he ran into was that people were saying, well, just make, make it in English. Don't worry about Spanish, but he's saying, no, that that twists my character. That's not him. You know you use Spanish in some of your words and you put some you know some translations in there how do you feel about that? I mean, did you have that conversation yourself? I mean, talk about that.
1: Yeah, so me, basically, I wanted to not whitewash it. I didn't want to just yeah. make everything in English. But I mean, <laughs> let me clap for that. <laughs> thank you, thank you. No, I, I really wanted it. I put the Spanish words where it felt natural. Like, like mi abuelita, she always says, ay, mijo, like before every sentence. So, like, she, she was in the comic. She just says "I'm yeah. and then a lot of the phrases she does say in you know full Spanish. Um, so I just kind of used where it felt natural to leave the Spanish, because I did have people say like, "Why don't you just make it all English and then make the Spanish one all Spanish?"
2: Oh, but, okay.
1: But I no, I want I want kids to. That's re- not who we are either, right? Like right. I speak in both, you know, I throw a Spanish word here or a phrase there, um, and I want, you know, English readers to still be learning Spanish, but now they're also going to be learning Nahuatl, and then Mexican kids yes. or Spanish kids, uh, Latinos, are going to be learning Nahuatl. That's something new they're going to be learning, so everyone is going to learn something.
0: You know, oh, I, yeah, that, I, that, I like it because, you know, you mentioned earlier <laughs> Yasha being something you kind of started off with, and I see a lot of the the lore like now like yeah anime is huge you know and even yeah. to, and even compared to the rest of pop culture it's it's hit, it's hit a streamlined niche thing and you want your culture to hit that that niche not just niche but blow up you want it to exactly. pop like hey i want people like you said i know every fucking pokemon but you don't know half the shit that we have to do our own culture and so i would right. love to see that blow up because I love the story of Boyle, man. The artwork hits right. Like, it feels so, it feels right. And Thank for, no, it feels right because it's not a a grimy, like dark, like art style. It's welcoming, even for an adult to look at that. And I say, hey, that looks very, like I, I kind of, uh, I attributed. I almost felt like Samurai Jack, a lot of the artwork. Like, it has a mm-hmm. Samurai Jack kind of look to it. And that threw me back to my childhood. You know, and I like that it brought me in, but it's inviting to newer kids. My kid's eight years old, so he's that demographic that like I'm starting to learn about comics, and he loved the artwork, right. and he fell right into it because it was welcoming. It wasn't like oh that that muscly guy right there, and it kind of turns me oh. off. I mean, what was your idea yeah. behind the art?
1: I hate muscle guys. <laughs> um, uh, I'll be the first to say I didn't grow up, <laughs> I didn't grow up with superhero comics. Um, and honestly, I don't really like them. I think, you know, I just... Anything that just has, like, a buff male character, like, it's just, like, it instantly throws me off. Very few things could have a buff male character, and it's enjoyable. Um, I come from an anime uh, sort of background, and I really, really enjoy Studio Ghibli films. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Spirited it away. It's just so magical. It brings you to this new world. Um and then you know, I'm also still in that age where I, I watch Steven Universe, I watch Adventure Time. Yeah. Um, so I wanted my art to have that sort of um colorful um style that like Adventure Time has these, these poppy colors, but when you look at the Aztec codexes, very they colorful look like they're a They look like they're a cartoon, they look yeah. like they could be a video game. So I'm literally just trying to kind of do how you were saying like Samurai Jack, I love how Samurai Jack, all their art style is Japanese-inspired. In- yeah. So I'm actually doing that. In fact, Chapter 2, the style is going to change from what you saw in Chapter 1.
0: Ooh. It's
1: going to be more Aztec or, or Mesoamerican. It's going to look... Um, I'm, I'm finishing up a piece right now um, where I'm trying out that new style, but basically it's when he goes to this new world, it's like it almost looks like a living codex page.
0: Oh wow. Um,
1: but it's it's trying to basically create the cartoon version of of Mesoamerican art. Just how there's the Japanese samurai inspired style, yeah. I want cartoon inspired by, you know, Mesoamerican artwork. So kids are not only going to be learning the culture, but they're going to learn they're going to have this new visual medium that they're going to relate to with the culture and they're going to learn just all this new stuff, and before you know it, my goal is, I want kids to not just be drawing anime. I want them to be drawing Mexican, you know, Mexican anime, Mexime. whatever you want to
0: call it. Maxime, you know, like, Maxime. Maxime. Come up with
1: the name at some <laughs> there point. There you go.
0: That's something, uh. But I, I like it, you know. And not only that, but to kind of move from the technical more to like the depth of it. I mean, I really recommend everybody check out the the the, the book itself. Uh, we are gonna post the links on our site, but I, I really dug the heart. You know, you really put a lot of yourself into it and, you know, not to give too much away, but, you know, there, there's a lot of heart in your story and with the to kind of with the main character, Emmanuel, and yeah. uh, h- him kind of uh, it looks like a like a and just guide me like a coming yeah. of age kind of story in this sense. Right.
1: Yes. Yeah, exactly. It's this story about young Emmanuel. He's he's bullied. He feels unsure about himself. And he is just this awkward kid with, you know, starting middle school. You know, that feeling. You're just awkward. And then I wanted him to come of age and find out the meaning of sacrifice when he goes to this new world. And it kind of comes from my personal experiences. Like, for me growing up as a Mexican um, in America, it was like being in a new world. Because my parents didn't know how old school was. My yeah. parents didn't know... Basically, they didn't know anything about what I'm doing. They're just like, you do your best. And so I want Emmanuel to be taking – he's going to be going to the Mesoamerican culture, and to him it's going to be this new world. So I'm pulling from that same same experience of a new world. Um, And then also, like I said, the meaning of sacrifice, that's been something from the very beginning of – since I was born, all I've ever remembered my parents talking about is sacrifice, sacrifice. I sacrificed so much for you, and I've had to sacrifice so much to be here, yeah. um, doing what I'm doing. So I want to kind of have those same things with him.
0: No, I mean I like him, So far, you can see that he is holding on to his childhood with both hands. You know, yes, literally, yeah, literally. <laughs> And uh, you'll, you'll, as you read the book, you'll know, you know, there's, there's, there's something there, a connection with this childhood that he's literally holding on to a physical object that has a connection not only to his childhood, but to his family. And as a, as, a, as a young kid, you can connect to that because what's your most prized possession, but a gift from somebody that loves you, you know, and that really ties into this. And I think that I like where the story's going, and I really want to. I'm very. I'm tiptoeing around the content just because I want to. I want people to read it. I want people to read mm-hmm. it and really take it for themselves for what it is. But you know what? I, I think that moving forward here, you know, you as a the creator, you said you have this this plan, this this uh, big landscape in front of you that you, you see a whole future ahead of you uh, with with Pollo Man and what it's it's becoming. And so far, I mean, what roadblocks have you hit? You know, in this process, I mean, is this? You said you work on this full time. Is that right, or do you have other work, yeah. or how does this this, this do affect you?
1: I do this 100% full time. I don't have a job, um, so I'm a bum.
2: <laughs> no, <laughs> no, this, this is a job, just not the conventional type. You know, like
1: yeah. yeah to me, honestly, this is this is full time work. I I and I spend full time work, even though it's unpaid most of the time. Um, it's it's a full time job doing all the different things that i'm doing for it and uh with the roadblocks that i've hit you mean like negative roadblocks yeah
0: roadblocks oh. neg- negativity because there's always a flip to it right because yeah. we can look at it and praise it for what we see it is because we see when we're talking to you right we're talking to right. you, the accessibility here is like hey listen i grew up this way we understand why it's important to rise up but with that what has been the opposite impact because that's there's always an opposite
1: that is true yeah uh, well, roadblocks. I would say one is, you know, financially. I come from a poor family. Um, you know, we're we're below the, you know, poverty line, and so money has always been an issue, especially with my parents being worried about me not having money. So, me taking that leap to be like, Mom, I just graduated. Give me one year to prove to you that this is gonna work. So I have given myself until April whenever my fiance finishes her internship to find a way to be able to make this financially possible because I don't want to have to work you know part-time at something else because this is a full-time job it took me 400 hours to complete chapter 1 working full-time between May and June 15th working every day 10 hours a day I don't hang out with friends you know I, I miss my friends um, I don't take on leisure activities. I don't get to go out for a drink. I don't get to go be like, you know what? I'm gonna go out and have me a, a beer and some pizza. like I don't splurge. I don't I have to be very tight with my money. I spend less than, you know, I think groceries per, per week, I think we spend about sixty dollars a week on groceries. Um, in a month, I spend maybe three to four hundred dollars. Uh, and that's just like paying all the bills, paying food, so money, and and basically just kind of at first, um, I applied for the NALIC Grant to try to get some money because t- I was like, okay, if I get it, I can survive between January what? and.
2: May. What is that NALIC Grant? Uh, the, the NALIC Grant is the just to kind of like you know for people to learn anybody that's in the same struggle you know like
1: yeah no definitely it's a grant that is for Latinos it's the national. Latinos Arts and Culture Grant or something like like that. But basically, it's five thousand dollars. You pitch, and if you get it, you basically get five thousand dollars to create, you know, your project. But uh, I didn't get it, so that was kind of like, I was like, okay, so I don't have any money, and yet I still want to do this full time. Uh, so that was the first roadblock. Was oh, mom, sorry, I'm not gonna have that money, but promise, this is gonna work out. So that's basically been the hardest thing. Is like. Me sacrificing everything else, even my partner, like, you yeah, know, we don't yeah. get to hang out. You know, we don't go, you know, we, we I don't get to take her out on dates. Uh, we don't have date nights a lot. And, you know, I love her, and she does so much for me. And I tell her, you know, after the end of the year, once everything's worked out, you know, I'll take you anywhere. But for now, I know that every second is important for me to get things down you know how can
0: how can we because we're we're a big community man we're always about representation support you know we can't sit here and say i want more latino creators and more latino content without supporting it what can we do to support pollo man to support you and your work gonzalo because like i'm behind you you know like what kind of uh what do we have do you have a a patreon do you have anything we can help with
1: Yeah, so my Patreon has really been the best thing that's happened. I made a Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash gonezinc um, with two Zs. And basically, that's the best place. I I have rewards for $1, you get sketches. $3, you get every single chapter that comes out. You get every single PDF, behind-the-scenes stuff. uh, $5, you get, you know, like PDFs of, you know, background stuff and $10
0: for those who don't like, know what, what Patreon is, well, a Patreon back in Renaissance times would have been someone with some some money, would have been, you hey, yeah. know what? I like this artist. I'm going to support this artist so he can dedicate himself full-time to creating artwork for me. And they would yeah. take care of him. there as a Patreon. Commission stuff. The commission, so you like things commission things commission for them, right? Stuff, but oh, yeah. Patreon now lets a creator be able to do so, but ask the community, hey, if you want more of this, if you are able to support me, at a certain level you'll get some perks for it and also the satisfaction of knowing hey i'm i'm putting my money my wallet to work because if i want this content i gotta support it and but yeah. when the best way to do it is grassroots people putting yourself out there gonzalo everybody i mean he puts in the work he's traveling nonstop, like you heard him right now putting himself out i mean hey us doing this recording tonight is cutting into your personal time us too, you know, and it's been real. Yeah, like EA, yeah, we're all about it, la verdad, right? We all got people that count on us, but we have right. we have a love for what we're doing. And the passion mm-hmm. that you have, we want to support it. So, you know, it, go ahead and say it again. Um, what's what's the Patreon?
1: Yeah, so patreon.com slash gonzink. So it's G-O-N-Z-Z-I-N-K. Yeah,
0: so definitely, and so he- guys, check out that Patreon. I mean, he has tiers, you know, depending on what level you want to support him at. There's always something there for you to look into and you also uh, stream as well online, don't you?
1: I I stream every now and then for people to see and and right now I'm working on creating a Patreon-only stream where I'll stream every couple of days but basically, literally, even just $1 makes a huge difference because if I have 100 people who all say I like Pollo Man and each one of those is donated $1 a month, that makes a huge difference. Right now I'm at $100 with 15, 16 patrons and I can't thank them enough for supporting me and, and believing in it and and my goal is basically if I can get it to 4 or 500 that would be enough like I said earlier cuz I don't even spend that much that would be enough to pay all my bills and my fiance can feel you know comfortable and I can yeah. just boom just pull man
0: There you go man Cuz imagine that's...
1: like that's that's the fucking
2: struggle man like that's like you're doing all this cuz when bills pile up they you know like cabeza <laughs> like It's like in the back of your mind, like, like it's, it's, it's a, that's like create, I don't know, man. That's part of the struggle, man. That's yeah. getting but it more. Shouldn't,
0: it shouldn't tangible, have to be though. Let, let's be real. How much, how much money do you spend buying a fucking cup of coffee, you know, on the street? You're buying three, four, five bucks for a cup of coffee or I know people that throw fucking $5 away. Oh, I said foot on whatever, and some bullshit. You know, like, yeah. check this out. Spend the five bucks, support something that you know is going to be good. You can check no, out. No, but the, the way
2: you know? the way I look at it, too, is, like, me and Stanley, like, in a previous episode, we were talking about, I think it was for the Latino Comic Con episode that we were like, oh, support Latino content and and, um... Like people, dem- like social media, how people demand, like they're whitewashing characters or yeah. this person, you know, they make a big deal out of, like, I think um, they're trying to make a 007, might be black, uh, Lewis, yeah. what's his name? So there's all these demands that we're making for more inclusion. people you know, Latino, yeah, inclusion and all that stuff, right? But the one thing that we, we, we kind of touched on is, like, let's not wait for, you know, for all these, the, the, the giants to come and include me, you know, like there's so much content out there, Latino content, that you can go watch on Netflix. Like just the fact that you watch somebody's movie or content on Netflix or on YouTube or you like it, it shows that there's like this movement behind this person, Right. right. So that's where... You know, liking and watching videos counts, you know, and let's and, and, and not only demand representation in Hollywood, right? But also consume it where it is at at this moment, which is in the trenches, you know, grassroots type shit where the content is at the very. At this, not. Let's not let it. Let's not wait for some. in Hollywood and give us the whitewashed version of what they think our culture is. Like. You know, there's people like you putting stuff out, you know?
1: No, definitely. I And I think that's the biggest problem I've seen is I found some amazing Latino artists or, or content creators. But it's like everyone is, like, at this, like, t- like we're all, like, here, and then you have, like, the top guys all the way up there. And so what it makes it look like is, like, growing up, I never felt like I could be one of those guys Yeah. because I didn't see me in one of those guys, you know? Exactly. I, my my – Tone. I didn't see the face. I didn't see even the same background. It was just like, you know, honestly, it's just white people that are the top comic artists. I was like, there's Mexican comic artists?
0: Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, Yeah, like, I'm with you. Like, same thing with writers. You know, I'm like, I was in school and I, my background is more in, in film and in, in writing. A teacher mm-hmm. told me, Oh, have you ever read A Hundred Years of Solitude? And I'm all like, What is this book? And it's Gabriel Garcia Marquez. And I'm like, Oh, but this is I can read this in Spanish, and they're like, yeah, Cien años de soledad. That's the original form. And I, wow. when I read that, I was like, this is one of the greatest books I've ever read, and it's made by a Latino, and he's world famous. But it's been translated in so many languages that it's not attributed to him. And so you kind of go back and go like, wait, like th- this is swept under the rug, and there's so many great Latino writers that don't get that spotlight, artists that don't get that spotlight. You know, in the last few years, you're getting directors here and there like the big names the big hollywood thing but the problem that i found in writing and you tell me you're more in the mix than i would be is that mm-hmm. latinos they're scared to help each other man like there's this animosity where and i'm trying to break that that cycle we are here right we're all here I understand we're all understand latinos, it, right
2: to a certain extent because it's like como dicen como como cangrejos que el, cuando un cangrejo se quiere salir de, de un bucket el otro cangrejo Vez de ayudar, lo jala bajo, like
0: like yeah. you know I mean, and we're trying to break this cycle, like me and Walter really took it upon ourselves, like, hey, listen, we need to put ourselves out there. We need to connect more with other Latino creators and whatever it is, you know, not only artistically, be it business, be it technological advances, be it you know, an engineering, being whatever it is, because we need to help each other. you know what you're right. doing 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 your stories and your writing, not only that, you sharing your personal side of things shows that, hey man, we're on a struggle together, whatever you're doing, and I really want to ask that because it's a reality, right? What have you felt? Have you felt that the community has, is it the fact that the older guard is just not letting you up there, and has the younger ones pushing you up? Like, where do you see that happening with the Latino creators?
1: Well, I will say, so, after going to Worldcon 76, so I was a part of the Mexican Next uh, initiative, and I got to be there with 49 or all well, it was supposed to be 49 they didn't all show up but basically we all became a family and it's it really feels amazing now because I feel like I'm connected with these artists I didn't even know existed. And so I feel like now it's becoming more like we're all helping each other like uh, a um man I totally can't remember his name at the moment but he, the border town that became a really big thing just now that it just came out. And he's been really just pushing it out there. What is this Border Town? What is this? Border Town. It's a it's a comic that just came out by okay. Vertigo Comics, I believe, and it's like really good. Okay. And I, I check it out. Um, but basically, honestly, I, I felt I've only felt support, honestly, since I started coming out to Dallas and and um, and all these places like here where I live in Beaumont. No one wants to buy my shit. I mean, I have friends who buy my stuff and support yeah. me. But, you know, people say, "Oh, I'll support you." They don't really put the money that, you know what you know what where their words are in San Antonio or Dallas and, and all these places. I guess where maybe there's just a better economy. But people yeah. are like excited and they like I'm I tell you, like here yeah. and up there, I feel like I'm running out of stuff.
2: Yeah, oh, and then it's understanding, cause like I, I've I've showed your your stuff to a couple of people, and they see it, and it's like wow, like it's like it immediately draw like the colors, and and like like one thing like I don't know if I mean, you know, I'm not telling you how to do your job right, but it would be interesting to kind of like, you know, cause you're exposing us to the culture itself, and it's like the colors itself, like, ¿cómo se llama? El color rojo viene de la, de la cochinilla, que, que, like, from the Nahual, and then the añil, which is, like, a blue-blue, deep-blue color, yeah. and, and where all that folklore and color comes from, you know, like, that's beautiful. That's what draws people in, you right. know. But like, I
0: think like, that, to what Gonzalo's saying, maybe it is, like, looking outside your borders, nope, no, not to kind of put touch back on yeah. that, but looking outside your borders where we're always so used to, like you said, I'm used to being here, maybe dabbing here and there, going here and there. But as you travel, you said you get more support as you go, right? And the more and more you expose it, not only with us here online and put it out there, I feel that the people that are looking for the content will find the content. But an example, when we were at Latino Comic Con, we noticed a white family, remember Walter? A white family mm-hmm. was there and they kept asking, is this in Spanish? And if it wasn't in Spanish, they were not interested. It was like wow. the, the twist, and we're like, "Oh shit!" Like, but it's is it? I'm hoping uh, that it's becoming to where, hey,
1: I know which family you're talking about. Do you? Yeah. Yeah. It was a, a it was a tall man and his wife. Yeah,
0: yeah. Exactly. And like two kids, I think.
1: Yeah. 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 They're and cool. I, yeah.
0: and I love that because I was like, man, you know that's dope because they're digging our shit. Like they're digging yeah. our shit, and be it for whatever it is. I don't care if it's mainstream. I want it to be mainstream. Like, you know, there's just that, that belief of like, oh man, if it's not underground, I'm not reading it. Or if Yeah, it's
1: and if you're popular. selling out or whatever, right? Yeah, and that, that's the other thing is, to me, there's three levels. There's the avant-garde, I'm going to do this for the sake of art and I don't care if I'm living under a bridge. And then there's the mainstream sellout where I feel it's just like, you know, just, I mean, a lot of it is just like, formulate it just so people can buy it. Like, For example, all the big superhero movies coming out, like a lot of them are just formulated. And then to me, I feel like I fall in the middle. I care about the art, but I am also being strategic and smart about how I'm producing it. So I'm not trying to be a sellout or go mainstream, but I'm trying to make something accessible and, you know, something accessible and the only way that's going to happen is that it is sort of falls along in the mainstream.
2: And
0: no you know,
1: oh, the thing is the thing
2: is don't don't sell yourself short in terms of accessibility either. Because yes. this is my opinion. Um, right there's content, you know, like you were saying, like all the heroes are white, blue eyed and whatever, yeah. right? Like so, but then if you want Latino representation, you can go to Mexico and find really good comic books. You can go to Mexico and find, you know, you can go yes. outside of the United States to Latino America y encontrar cien años de soledad, like, Neruda, and, like, there's artists somewhere else, yes. okay? Like, you can go find them, right? So you just have to look for them, right? Pero, la cosa es que, at least us, like, for example, the three of us and everybody else that falls within this group, we're in the particular situation where we live in both cultures, you know, el cómo es el, el 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 inglés no lo sé y el el español se me está olvidando. So it's like we're stuck in the middle, right? So so um like you're doing it from a particular standpoint where it's like nobody like somebody that's born in Mexico or in El Salvador y creció toda su vida allá or like directores que vienen de México que uh-huh. ahorita están ganando bastante, ¿verdad? ¿Cómo se llama este that director that's winning it. a lot of... Yeah, there's, like, all the all these actors and directors that are coming from Mexico or other Latin American countries, and they're making it big here, right? Oh, yeah. And, and they're... they're And I applaud that, because they're a much more better representation of who I am, right? Than a lot of, you know, mainstream Hollywood, um, you know, heroes and characters and directors. Right. But at the same time, they fail... They, they don't fall within the niche that I'm in, you know? They're not... They didn't grow up in this... Dual in this duality of a culture and language and existence yeah. that we did. They're, they grew up in a more homogenous society back in Mexico, Salvador, lo que sea. And we're no, we're right here in the middle, you know. So then, even if even at their best attempt, they still can't catch the essence that a person like you might be able to. And the fact that you are not trying to cater to anybody. The fact is, you're Spanglish, pretty much. That's what you talk, yeah. right? Yeah. You you write your comic book in English, y tu abuela o tu mamá te está mandando la chingada en español. So you know you're <laughs> gonna you know so so it's organic you know so don't sell yourself short in terms of like oh I'm, no it's it's who we are you know to a, to to a very much far extent. Yeah,
0: but I, I see where Gonzalo's coming from too, and please correct me if I'm wrong. It's like, hey man, I can I have I have this love for what I'm doing, and I have a mission. And that lets him get up every morning and do what he's doing. Yeah. At the same time, the man's got to fucking eat. You know, yeah, exactly. Not, he, yeah, hey, let's be real. Like me and you doing this show, we still got, it ain't fucking for free. Yeah, you know, like we, right. we, you know, like it costs money to make this happen. And we these love mics it. aren't
2: cheap, and they're the cheap, <laughs> and they're the they're cheap, like, they're the cheap
0: ones. You know. But yeah. I think that to kind of touch on it is that you're 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 doing a service. Yeah. Please take it for what it is. You're doing a service, thank, man. You know, if nobody you. else tells you that, and I hope that you going to these conventions and having the good positive interaction with the, with the kids and even adults helps you know that you're doing something good i really hope yeah. you know that man
1: it really does like like um uh, whenever i was at the Mex American, there was this little kid and he was just like oh is it is he kind of like an underdog and i was like yeah and he was like he's gonna go to mexico he's from mexico and he was like excited and i was like yeah and he was like that's cool. And he was just so excited. And it just, like, I was like, that's what I want. I want kids to be like, you know, oh, my God, I see myself in this fantasy world. You know, I see I see fantasy stuff all the time, but now I see me in it. Yeah. That's what I want.
0: No, man, I and, think that you're doing it.
1: And to touch on the point that you guys were just talking about, um, shit, I'll just um, the So... Pollo Man, my initial thought was self publishing. Okay. Do everything self publishing. But what we were just talking about, if I do self-publishing the underground route, the only people who are gonna see it is people looking for that. Yeah. I want to get to the kids. And hmm. the only way I'm gonna get to the kids is I have to be able to make it accessible. So that's why I've had to move towards trying to pitch the publishers. Yeah. And and I need the big man to tell me, okay, I'm gonna give you the money to do this. Yeah, I I can't say anything yet, but I have a really good opportunity that hopefully might work out, and so if it does, that'll be great. Yeah. Um, and it'll help me get to those kids because that's what I want. I want you know I want there to be Pokemon toys and and Man video games and comics and cartoons, and I want it to be everywhere just like Pokemon, except now we're learning something, and it's about you know a culture that is so undocumented and so out of the mainstream that now everyone is going to be like, oh, that's Donatio. <laughs> if anyone knows who Zeus is, everyone's going to know who Donatio is within the next 15 years. That's what I want. Hey,
2: Amen. No, and, and fucking... just to kind of like... Um, you, man. No, that's good. And then, like, I'm going to go ask... Because here in Austin, they just opened up recently, like about, I don't know if it was a couple of months ago, a year. They opened up, like, the new library down in, like, down in downtown Austin. Okay, cool. And, and I went out there, and I was checking it out, and I spent, you know, I was going there for a few days. And all of a sudden, I, I, I walked across and came across like the comic book section. And we had we had just interviewed, or no, we, we had just, Stanley had just interviewed uh, Hector, right? Yeah. I think, and then I was like, oh, let me go check, let me go find his comic book. And this comic book, you have like aisles and aisles of comic books, right? So I go and check, and it's not there. Like, El Paso Hero is not there. So I go online, and I request it, and they sent me back a... a, a, a hey, by the way, we will have... we will have, And I'm going to go make sure it is. El Paso Hero. In, and yeah, they told me in October they would have El Paso Hero at the library. So then now I'm going to go and request El Pollo Man <laughs> at my local yeah. library. So anyways, point being is, like, everybody out there listening go to your library and request it and you can you can make um, you can make suggestions to your local library and tell them hey can I request blah 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 and I remember I did it and it asked me um, what libraries I tend to visit and I put the local central library here in the, the new central library and then I have another library it's like down the street from where I live so I requested it there so I'm going to go to online and it's easy you go online and you can request it and they'll consider it and then once I guess they make a decision or something, they'll kind of like let you know, hey, you know, and so it's it's cool, you know. People should do it, you know. That's, it's, it's awesome. You know
1: about
2: yeah. That.
0: Yeah, man, put yourself out there, and you know, we. I want to just definitely thank you, man. I mean, you 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 shared a lot with us that I hope you know they didn't they didn't take too much of your time, but no, just, man. I said I I'm all about knowing the artists. And know that every work you put out there has a piece of you in it. It has intent. And you explaining your intent to our listeners here, and, you know, we'll share this as much as we can, is really going to put that light on this and what it is. You know, we have so many people that are willing to stand up for things and really pressure for, for you know, inclusion. Here it is. Here it is, everybody. You got it right here now. You know, a superhero that's... that's we wanted to be hit mainstream, that respects culture that has roots that can spread out, you know? And so just, Gonzalo, I want to just give you a moment, man, if you want to address the audience here in any way, just to kind of in general, your, your punto final on everything here with what your work is and what you're doing, and just feel free.
2: I mean, yeah. also, like, you know, just to kind of throw it in there before, you know, you go on to that, it's like, again, I also want to thank you for coming on. And, and, and I mean, just to echo what what, um, what Stanley said, Cause it's very important, and and just to kind of like maybe pick your brain. It's like like me and Stanley, we've do, been doing some research, and I wanted to get your perspective. It's okay. like, did you like? Cause you're going down a rabbit hole, like we were talking. We've been talking about. Yeah. Cause it's amazing. Like this is our culture. You know, it's pronounced elotl, not elote, popote, not popote. It's like all these words that that. You know, you take for granted that you attribute to other culture when it's literally your own culture. So, right. you know, what's the journey that you ran into as you, you know, to this was it was your it was just an idea that you had, and it turns out you know it's your culture. So, what did you learn of yourself and your culture as you started researching this, which now you're doing it for us, but you started off doing it for
1: yourself. You know, how did that change your perspective about your culture, pretty much? No, yeah, that's a good question. So. I'll start with saying I hated being Mexican. Um, mm-hmm. I hated who I was growing up because to me it was just being a cholo or or mm-hmm. liking mariachi or, or cerveza and it was so surface level. Um, no, being Mexican is more than that. There's this entire culture which is the Mesoamerican, the Mexicas and learning mm-hmm. about the Mexica, learning about you know all, like you were saying like these words like elote or mayatli, the uh, the little mayate beetle yep. or the um aguacat, you know the you know aguacat. no
2: chistli no chistli right that's the, the red yeah. color which is cochinillo which is Now no when chistli. your mom yeah. called you
1: like pinche squintly they didn't even know that they were calling you a dog and now I <laughs> Yeah know, but it became like this thing and so it was just so interesting and it was like I was discovering myself as I was discovering this culture, I was, like, finding out who I was or who, or where my blood comes from. And and, and I kind of grew this huge passion for it because, you know, everyone became so passionate about Japanese culture. And, like, you know, like, I don't, I don't know if you know about the term, you know, like, weeaboo and stuff like that. Yeah. But, like, everyone's like, you know, Japan is the almighty culture. it's The culture is amazing. But here is this amazing culture that yes. no one even really knows about. And to me, it's just as amazing as Japanese culture, you know. And so it it really helped me fall in love with who I am, my con- you know, like my, my parents' country, Mexico, um, and just, like, kind of be a bit more grateful about, like, where I come from. I was just – I it just – it changed me. Like, I feel like it became my life's work. Is to kind of continue figuring out who I am with this work, and then teaching, you know, young Mexican Americans. Hey, you're more than just, you know, you know, you don't have to be a cholo or or a charro or uh, you know, just like a Mexican American like we invented the zero.
2: We invented the zero, mathematically speaking. Like we were ahead of everybody. Like you know, we you know we're part of that. Like we're pretty fucking smart. The yeah
1: yeah 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 the Mesic, the Mesoamerican cultures were ridiculously amazing in terms of, you know, you know, like uh, just mathematics and yeah, in how it's, to it's, run. It's, it's, yeah, it's it's
2: it's not only just art and pretty colors. It's it's like the they had everything mapped up and mapped out in terms mm-hmm. of
1: the, the you know. And without getting into a lot, it's just like yeah. their, their beliefs. I. Even though the sacrificing and, and stuff you know is kind of boring, mm-hmm. you know, it looks brutish to us as now, but honestly, a lot of their beliefs were very. Um, they were very. Um, there was a lot of good justice where even the most noble could have the same um, like prosecution as a commoner. Yeah, kind of. It was all about you know. I guess I just like that that the familia kind of thing.
2: Uh-huh.
1: But um, I guess to kind of top it off, I just wanted to say just a little bit more about Poyaman. what's to come. Um, so chapter 2 is after Emmanuel enters the underworld, and he's going to meet for the first book. There's going to be eight books. The first book is El Ratón de los Dientes. Um, each book is six chapters, so I'm working on the first book right now. And basically he's going to meet La Cucaracha, which is his priest mage who's going to help him learn about his culture
0: which by the way i showed the cucaracha to uh, my (laughs) sister-in-law she's an artist she immediately fell in love with it she's like he's the cutest thing i will buy a plushie today like oh she's like I, will buy a, like I will buy a plushie and i love his mango hey, can, candy can i com- can, can i
2: commission can i commission like if can i commission a drawing of me and, and stanley like freddy <laughs> to
1: yes be i can i'll do it in the appointment style there we go yeah. man. yeah there for sure i would i
2: would, I would, I would, no, I would but... I'll, I'll send you a picture of us <laughs> dude actually i, I have a picture it. when we were little i'll send you a picture of it
1: that'd be funny i man. would love to do that man um but yeah, la cucaracha, and then Sochi. she's a flower warrior, and her, her, her arma is actually an atlat, which is a spear-throwing device that was very popular during the Mesoamerican days. So I just wanted to give them all something unique. You know, I didn't want to give her... She started off with a bow, but the atlat is just more unique and more for the Mesoamerican culture. And yeah. basically, it's just going to be the rest of the series, these three kiddos growing up. By the end of the series, they're all going to be... Four years older. Wow. And so, Avatar The Last Airbender is a very big inspiration for mine. Oh, and I yeah, love the character development throughout the entire series. Mm-hmm. Expect the same for these characters. They're going to grow, they're going to love, they're going to hurt, they're going to lose. But it's all going to be just this journey through the Um Defeating, you know, the legends, and then without spoiling anything, maybe there's some gods involved, you know, etc., yeah. etc. But, um, Thank you so much, guys, for having me on here. If I just that's that's all I want to do It's just for the next ten years, you know how Pendleton Ward for eight years worked on Adventure Time, or the Star Wars dude just continue to make Star Wars or whatever. I just want to make everything Poya Man. Uh If I could do it th- until I die, that'd be fine. Um, but. <laughs> <laughs> If you guys want to support it, like he, like you guys said earlier, Patreon is the best place to support me because it's monthly, and you don't even have to remember. You just literally every month it'll drop a dollar or two or three or however much you decide, um, and that goes a long way to helping me. And, you know, if you just want to continue seeing more Poyoman, legendofpoyoman.com is the best place to see it all. And follow me on Twitter, Instagram, at GonZinc. Um... I'm always available. I love talking to fans. I love talking to anyone who likes Man because it, it's really about everyone else. Like, as much as it is, you know, art is a fulfillment to oneself, for me, seeing someone relate to it almost makes me want to cry. You know, seeing someone, like, light up, seeing, you know, just anything that they relate to, that's what I do it for. So if you guys want to continue helping, you know, this is a great way.
0: No, definitely, Gonzalo. I, I definitely tell you guys to please check out his Patreon. We'll post a, a link on our, our Facebook, Insta. We'll put you out there. Definitely want to support uh, your Patreon and your work. Uh, again, just uh, thank you for just making the time. I uh, hope we can catch up again, you know, give us updates as you go through this. You know, we're we're all primos, you know. We're all helping each yeah. other out. We're and friends, just, man. We're friends, <laughs> man. We're friends. We're primos. We're, we're like family. We got to help push each mm-hmm. other up. You know, no, and if you're ever
2: you're ever in Austin, I'm I'm actually fixing up this room. Our studio. And if ever yeah, if you're, if you're ever in Austin, if you want to crash in Austin, you have my house. Honestly, like, like como es cuando se trata de raza, we help each other out you yeah. know, however you can. So if you're ever in Austin and you want to crash, I have an extra room. Whenever you need it, man. Like la neta, I admire your work because como quien dice the la, there's a there's a there's a hunger for it, and there's going to be much, much, much more because, you know, people are becoming more woke yeah. nowadays, right? Like, so. like literally, I'm going to tell you something, like, memes. Man, people are learning shit from memes, or I mean, memes, right? Yeah, I mean, people yeah. are learning shit from memes. That it's like like Thanksgiving comes around, people immediately start talking smack. No, it's not. Like, you know, the they came, so it kind of, like, People are starting to awaken, you know, and then people yeah. start, you know, all of a sudden, you know, you learn something and it's like, boom, 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 And then all these millennials are having kids and then all these millennials, like, if I have a kid, if I ever get, you know, when I get to that point, I'm like, hey, it's not going to just be about, you know, I'm going to want to curate the content and give him something that he's more relatable that he can see himself represented. And so believe me, like, the, the hunger for this type of art and material and knowledge, it's just going to keep expanding, man la neta dude so, thanks and, so. and you're, I'm excited you're, you're a revolution. gonna kill revolution a revolution yeah. man yeah. just
0: take it we're always about making noise Gonzalo thank you again and guys just uh, keep your eyes open follow him on insta twitter patreon.com slash yeah
1: gonzink g-o-n-z-z-i-n-k and I just want to make one last note twitter I, I forgot to say for the rest of Latino Heritage Month uh, Pollo Man is half off the pdf and the book because, uh, like I said, I just wanted to get out there. So on the Twitter page, there's the links to the PDF and the book.
2: There we go. Oh, also, also, I forgot. Like we got, we jumped into this conversation like right off the bat, and 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 like I, I just got into it. But we forgot to mention that yes, it's Latino Heritage Month. Latino Heritage Month, right? Felicidades Bartosu fue la independencia de México el 16 y el 15 de septiembre también la independencia de El Salvador yes. y, otros, y, y varios otros países centroamericanos so felicidades a todos, verdad, for their Independence Day of the del Yugo the <laughs> but anyways, I just wanted to put that out there and again, I forget, before the interview I was supposed to say that was one of the reasons we had wanted to have you on as well To, you know, kind of commemorate the whole Latino Heritage Month as well, you
1: know. Well, I'm so so happy that you guys made me a part of it.
0: Well, guys, that's the episode there. I really hope you enjoyed the interview. I I loved it. Gonzalo, thanks again for sharing, you know, just yourself. You put your heart out there on those pages. You put yourself out in the open. And we definitely want to embrace you as a primo here. And just uh, go check out his work, LegendOfFoyalMan.com. Follow him on Instagram and Twitter at gonzink. That's G-O-N-Z-Z-I-N-K. And don't forget Patreon. That's where we can help him keep this dream moving along. Patreon.com slash G-O-N-Z-Z-I-N-K. Patreon.com slash gonzink. So look it up. Google it. There'll be a link on our Facebook page and our Instagram you can go ahead and support Gonzalo and help Pollo Man move forward. Apoyemos a Pollo Man.